scary girl. Hey, everybody. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Christina. And this is Dead, Dead Time, Time Stories. It's so weird to have the <laughs> headphones on. So, um, yeah, today we today and next week we have Christina here. She is substituting for our lovely Sarah Heddens. Hi. Who is dealing with some personal matters. I'm not going to blow up her spot, but mm. we love her and she's great. And we're, you know, doing our best to... Uh, keep the show going in her stead. Keep it together. So I got to say, I'm uh, on the headset this time. I've never been on the headset before. Oh. And it's, uh, I don't know, I feel very important. Oh, you definitely are very important. I'm so important. I'm like the most important person <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I guess that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't have any children. That's pretty healthy. I have Xander. I have my handsome little boy. You got Xander. You got the partner. Right. But like. Life. Yeah, that's fair. Is there a siren? No, that's just rain. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know what I'm hearing. Hopefully uh, we can fix this in editing. Sarah's still going to edit for us. So this will be an adventure for her. This will be all new. She's never heard the content. Without being a part of the content. Part of the content. Yeah. So if you're new to the show, I should clarify, this is not our usual arrangement. It's, it's a hoax. It's a, oh, my gosh. Uh, so <laughs> happy new year. This is the first episode of 2020. Um, my normal co-host is Sarah Heddens, and we have a substitute today who is <laughs> Christina Dorset. Have we said your last name? Do we say your no, last that's name? that's okay. That's fine. Do you want me to just say your first name? No, it's fine. Okay. Um, because <laughs> I feel like we always just call you Christina. Yeah, but, I don't yeah. know if you were trying to maintain some sort of You're anonymity. You're blowing up my spot, and now I can't do this at all. <laughs> but Christina has been a frequent guest on the show, and she's very delightful and does Aww. excellent research and always provides a great episode. So I'm very excited <laughs> because if somebody was going to sub for Sarah, like I was like, Christina, like what you doing? You Aww, free? <laughs> you're so sweet. Thank you. Coming for that number one spot. This is Christina. Christina's coming for that number one spot so hard. Yeah. She's taking over the show. Look I mean, it. soon it's just going to be Christina stories. Dead time, Stina. Y'all just wait. 2021. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got my goal. I'm saying it on the air. I'm putting you're it out into the it. world. You're putting it out in the universe. I mean, so we get together once a week. Well, usually it's twice every it's once every two weeks and we record two episodes but you don't you know all that all you need to know is one episode a week comes out where we talk about ghost stories true crime paranormal supernatural just whatever we think is super weird and interesting because it's our, our show podcast. our podcast not and not yours, yours. Sorry, I fucked that up. I have a really funny thing I want to say that I was like, ooh, um, I'm going to tell you this, but don't tell Sarah. But then I was like, oh, well, she's going to listen to this to edit. Um, <laughs> Sarah's got to edit, yeah. But it's around, uh, I might have told you already about a present idea that I have for her. Ooh. But I don't know if it's going to be like what occasion it's going to be for. Mm -hmm. Because her birthday isn't until like June. That's a long time. I know. And this is such a great idea and I don't want to forget it before then. <laughs> so Sarah, looking out. Um, but yes, so moving right along. <laughs> do, do, do. Happy New Year, y'all. Welcome to the show. Mm -hmm. um, and Christina. Stephanie. Y'all ready, ready to talk, talk about, about some ghosts? Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Um, do you have ghosts? Do I have ghosts? I don't have I ghosts. I don't have any ghosts. That happens a lot. Okay. Well, um, yeah, no, you this, go this first. This is just like a show regular me how episode. It's done. Are you going first? Am I going first? Who's doing that? It's just like a normal episode. Sh show me how it's done. Like, so, school me right here and now. Okay. All right. 
So part of me, I was really excited to talk about what I'm going to talk about. And then I got to a point where I was like, is this too soon? Is this not a good idea what I'm talking about? Um, But I wanted to talk about three deaths that happened on New Year's Day of 2019. Huh. Some, Some bizarre Philadelphia deaths. Huh. Well, not even necessarily bizarre, but just interesting. Technically ghosts. Technically, they're ghosts. There you go. So um, I hope that no one uh, related to these people listens to this show, and I'm not making fun of them. I'm not trying to make light. That's why I was like, is it too soon? I mean, it is a comedy podcast. We try and take the dark and make it light. So, Well, there's no accounting for taste. Here we go. We're going to talk about uh, some (laughs) deaths. That happened in and around Philadelphia on the 1st of January, 2019. So the last year of this previous decade, the mm-hmm. year that we're currently in now because recording yes. it's December 30th. Yeah, right. But this comes out um, after the new year. Yeah. Um, so We didn't even say what episode number this was. We didn't. It's I, like episode, episode 83. 85? Oh, I don't know. There went that number one spot. Yeah, you don't even know anymore. (laughs) I don't Um, even know. I'm not positive. I couldn't guarantee. But we'll fix it in post. Sarah, you got this. (laughs) Um, So, first, I have to tell you that 2018 was the deadliest year homicide-wise in Philadelphia. Oh, the previous one recorded one was 2007. So, in over a decade. Okay, but we girl, we keep. You know, we up and coming. So 2018 was the deadliest year in over a decade with 353 homicides in Philadelphia. That's like one a day. Yeah. It's like one. It's a little less than one or a few days where somebody didn't get murdered. Oh, my God. So the first homicide of 2019 happened. Do we want to go by when the shot was fired or when the person was pronounced dead? Shot fired. Okay. The shot was fired. At 12.09 a.m. So, oh, wow. Nine minutes after midnight. <laughs> wow. They wanted to bring in the new year. And it happened in Kensington, Philadelphia, which if you've heard, I know you don't know because you haven't lived here very long, but did you hear the story about the apartment that I looked at before <gasps> I moved into where I live now, where the person yes. was doing crack on the stoop? That was Kensington. Got it. Yes. Okay. So that's the Kensington neighborhood. And the person was shot at 12.09 a.m. and died at 12.17 a.m. So, remember, I said there were 353 homicides in Philadelphia in 2018. Mm -hmm. As of this recording, on December 30th of 2019, there have been 351 murders. (gasps) You got to get those extra five. You got 24 hours. We are too short of the record set last year. You're way better at math than I am. So if somebody dies Mm. today and somebody dies tomorrow, we match it. Whoa, 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 whoa. But we've got two days left, Philly, to match last year's Come on, Philly. Come on. You can do this. I have faith in you. So there's that. This is like, is this gonna be funny? I Thanks don't know. For, you know, suggesting that I move here and <laughs> um, and she lives in Chester. We're not even gonna start in Delco, especially Chester, girl. So, <laughs> so this year on January second. Now, mind you, this was at uh, like one fifteen in the morning, so it was just mm-hmm. barely January second. Mm-hmm. There was a car accident where three people died. The driver of an Audi sedan crossed the center lane on Packer uh, near 7th and smashed head-on with an SUV carrying mm. two couples. Oof. 
The driver of the sedan before the accident mm-hmm. had been stabbed 18 times. Shut the fuck up. Oh my God. Yes. The driver, uh, so the, the three people who died were three of the four people that were in the SUV that he smashed into. The guy who was stabbed didn't die? He did not die. Oh, my God. The three people who died were Joseph Ferry. He was 36 from South Philadelphia. His fiance, who he had just proposed to over Christmas, Kelly oh. Wisely. She was 35 from Glen Olden. Mm. And Dennis Palandro. He was 31 from Morton, Pennsylvania. Everyone in the SU, so that was three out of the four mm-hmm. people. The only person who survived was Dennis Palandro's wife. Mm-hmm. Keith Campbell was the driver of the sedan. He was 29 years old. He was alone in his vehicle, and he survived the crash. And like I said, he had been stabbed 18 times. At the time, the police were going on it um, as though it were a self-inflicted wound because they're not they weren't sure who stabbed him. But that kind of explains him being woozy and. Driving erratically uh-huh. and smashing into another car. Oh, I think 18 stab wounds is definitely, like, a reason to, whoops, sorry, get out of jail free, you know? So, remember I said this was, like, just in the, the wee hours of January yeah. 2nd, right? So, it was, like, really January 1st, like, late at night, right? Mm-hmm. Ferry and Palandro were both members of the South Philadelphia String Band, which is a mummer's troupe. Oh. Which means they had just been at the parade that day. And they had uh, they took home second place in the Mummer Aww. Parade. Their troop did. So I'm wondering if their troop is going to do some sort of like memorial to them this year. Yeah, because this will be you know their this happened Anniversary. last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were out celebrating all day after the parade, mm-hmm. right when they got in the accident. And uh, there was a note that I had, and I think I might have lost it. So give me a second, Sarah. Get ready to edit. <laughs> Here we go. This is what I'm looking for. Um, Update. Police say that the driver left a strange note in his vehicle inside the SUV. Uh, So remember, he was... (laughs) This article uses a word that we love. He was riddled with stab wounds. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, 18. That's pretty riddled. Well, I'll just read this snippet of it. Campbell, whose chest and torso were covered in 15 to 20 stab wounds, Mm -hmm. is charged with three counts of homicide by vehicle and one count of one count each of aggravated assault, reckless endangerment, and possession of an instrument of crime. The DA's office said they could file additional charges as the investigation progresses. Police are probing whether Campbell was trying to kill himself and say the stab wounds appeared to be self-inflicted. A knife was found in the front passenger side of his sedan. Overnight into Thursday, Police Chief Inspector Scott Small said investigators also found a rambling note inside the suspect's car. Campbell is expected to survive his injuries. Toxicology reports could reveal more about his state of mind at the time of the crash. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, but I still don't see anything about the, the actual what the verbiage in the said. Note. Correct. Yeah. But, st- okay. Okay. That just raises more questions. Yes. Like, okay. There's no follow-up. Like, I feel like this is half a story. You had a story. What was it you were telling me about? Oh, my gosh. The Hummers Parade. So I've only read one article about it, and it was a while back, but I'll try and remember as much as I can. So in the great county of Delaware... (laughs) 
In the state of Pennsylvania. In the state of Pennsylvania. The the county of Delaware. The county of Delaware, also known as Delco. Yes. Um, By those who love her. It's where yeah, Aunt Mary Pat's from. Oh my God, it is where Aunt Mary Pat's from. I love her. But um, so yeah, so the Hummers Parade is sort of a take on the Mummers Parade, but like even more blue humor and less preparation. So it is a parade that happens in Delaware County. The preparations for the parade cannot start before the new year. And it's on January 1st. So they have like roughly 12 hours to put together this parade. And usually there's a lot of like political humor and satire and stuff like that. But uh, last year it was kind of panned heavily because there were children in cages and like an adult man wearing a diaper in a cage on a trailer on the back of a truck that was going through the parade. Um, And then someone was standing in as Melania wearing the I don't really care do you jacket. And people in Delaware County really didn't like it. It was so weird. (laughs) It's like, you know, it's been a Republican county for the past of ever. And uh, they weren't fans. They weren't into it. Yeah. And so I don't even know if it's going to happen this year, which makes me really sad. Was last year the first one? No. How long had the Hummers Parade been going on? See, this is why I need Google, because I do not remember. But because of that demonstration, like just that one parade flow, Um, because of that um, it has been like they've been trying to stop it from happening this next year I don't know if it's actually going to work because it's kind of like done by private people it's not even really done by the county or the city that it's in Um, so they they're trying to stop it but I don't believe they've been successful so far yes the future of Delaware Town's Hummers Parade that parodied that's where it stops before I click on it. Right, yeah. Border crisis still undecided. This was as of the 3rd of December. The right. future of the 2020 Hummers Parade in Middletown, Delaware remains in limbo. Mayor Kenneth Branner Jr. says the town solicitor determined that a citizens committee's recommendations could violate freedom of speech. The town has grappled with how to regulate the annual New Year's Day parade after criticism over a float portraying children in cages. Yep. So it's still undecided. Still undecided. I personally hope it still goes on because I'll figure out where the fuck Middletown is to get there and see what the hell is going to be there. Because that seems like it would be a good time. So uh, to dampen the mood a little, <laughs> a little bit more. The third death back I was to talk death about, uh, is actually a 16-year-old in New Jersey who murdered his family on New Year's Eve mm. of 2018, going into 2019. Mm-hmm. He gunned down his parents, his sister, and a family friend just before midnight. It was like quarter to midnight. I'm sure he had a good reason. And his brother, <laughs> good reason, get out of here. <laughs> his brother and his grandfather managed to escape, but they're still trying to figure out, at least at this time, when, what was going on. So he uh, he shot and killed them in mm. their home in Long Branch, New Jersey, which is in Monmouth County. And the police were called around 1143, so a little bit before that. The suspect was taken into custody without incident. Mm. His family... Uh, so it was his parents, Stephen Kologi and Linda Kologi, 44 and 42. Brittany Kologi, who was 18, his sister, and Mary Schultz, 70, who was like a family mm. friend. 
He was believed to have used Century Arms semi-automatic assault rifle to gun down his family members and the family friend, authorities said during a news conference. It really is the best weapon for gunning down family members. Sure is. And the gun, of course, mm-hmm. was legally owned and registered <laughs> to a family member. Obviously. Uh, he, no one commented on the suspect's motives or possible mental disability when asked by reporters. Wow. He did say the attack was an isolated domestic incident. Police also said that there was no known history of violence in the house. He was a good kid, you know? That's mm. what they say. Mm-hmm. He was a little, a little slow with learning disabilities, but he knows right from wrong. The Kologis were very caring, loving people and always look to do fun things with their kids. Yeah. So, um... That is that. (laughs) That's the last one. That's the last one. So wait, was that in 2018 or 2019? Right. Well, it was. I was gonna say it's 2018 New Year's Eve going into 2019. Right. Gotcha. So right before midnight, he killed all those people. Wow. Then right after midnight, that dude got shot, and then I wonder if it was like a New Year's Eve party gone wrong. Who knows? Like, what if it was like a murder mystery New Year's Eve party? Like something. that oh, no. we might be invited We're to. We're doing a murder mystery New Year's Eve party And then tomorrow. it actually turned into a murder mystery. I mean, oh. that's the worst type of... Oh my gosh, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to be the victim. Yeah. And what if I actually get murdered? No, we won't <laughs> let it happen. Oh, no. No. Yeah, I'm scared. Mm, then oh. it really will be... Mm, no, I don't want to say it. Oh, no. Oh, no. What were you going to say? It really will be Stina's story. <laughs> <laughs> Dead time, Stina. Right, right. That's what's going to happen. We also oh, just awful. so just like Sarah would say about uh, if she died, uh, they can listen to this, put it on the Netflix doc. Mm-hmm. When I'm murdered, everybody knows to come to you. Oh my gosh! And there's yeah. going to be a Netflix documentary. And about I'm going to be one of the red herrings. So Spoiler it alert: works. Christina's the murderer. I know, right? Oh my god! Oh my gosh! If I am, that would be fun. Mary Angela, tell me. Fun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I, I mean, not fun. That's the word. Your your word. You used it. That's what you said. You said fun. I heard it. Fine, fine. We recorded it. Reasons, okay? He just had reasons. What if his mom was a real bitch that day? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the whole family? I know. I know. Oh. It's got dark. Uh, it did. Christina, what are you talking about? <laughs> Nothing happier. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's, Let's do it. do it. I'm ready. Thanks. I hate that. <laughs> um, I'm standing in for Sarah, so... <laughs> Got to use some catchphrases. Got to use some of them. Tell me you're real lonely. Because, you know, I'm real lonely. Real lonely. <laughs> we got to post those uh, the pictures that I made for oh Sarah my for God, Christmas. We really do, because they're wonderful. Thank you. And now we can post the pin, maybe. I don't know. You maybe. might want to hold we're on working to that. on We're working on some merch, me and Christina. <gasps> yeah. We've been taking Procreate classes on Skillshare. Oh, man. I We've went, been uh, sharing all the skills. Yeah, and easier, like, we keep learning new, like, tips and mm-hmm. stuff, and we keep sharing with each other and blowing each other's minds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have had hangout sessions including yesterday specifically oh. where we got together to watch a to take a class <laughs> a one it's hour really class cool. that took like, us three hours oh, and, wait, we and we didn't, didn't finish get halfway oh through. my god no um <laughs> we're both also we're perfectionists still, yeah, I was so, like, yeah we're yeah. both learning and that yeah. when i was showing val because with procreate you can do that little time lapse video i love that so video. i was showing val like all the work i had done and you just keep seeing like for the back part of the banners we were drawing like a chalk <laughs> banner yesterday <laughs> a ribbon <laughs> banner me and christina and 
just how many times I erased and redrew those yeah. like lines in the back of the banner. Yeah. Remember the first part, I just copied and pasted that shit and it was mm-hmm. easy peasy. Mm-hmm. But then I like changed some of the sizes and moved some stuff around. So I couldn't just copy and paste the lines in between them. Right. So was, oh my God. It just took me so long. But once you got that ruler, you were like done. I was using you guys. I was using a real ruler mm-hmm. on the iPad to mm-hmm. draw straight lines. <laughs> and it wasn't even to draw straight lines. Cause there are little things that you can, you like hold the pencil down mm-hmm. and it'll like make it a straight line. But it was more to see, like, because you're supposed to draw it so that the line in this corner so it looks like matches one in this corner, by right? A ribbon. So I was using the ruler to like see what the angle needed to right. be, to for that to theoretically connect over here. And I was because like, right. we're perfectionists, right? I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah, not wrong. Okay, what are you talking about? <laughs> so today I'm going to be talking about the story of Skinwalker Ranch. Oh my God! Do you know it? It sounds familiar, but it sounds horrible. So I'm only going to be, like, scratching the surface because there's so much on Skinwalker Ranch. Like, there's a lot. So um, I'm really just going to get into the history of it. I'm not going to get too deep into detail with specific stories because a lot of people know a lot of these stories. And it would be awesome if they emailed their favorite stories Yes. To dead time stories. Email them to Sarah at dead time. To Sarah, not even to us. <laughs> email them to us. No, Sarah is the one who checks the emails and gets really, really excited about them. Yeah. So if you hear the this and you want to email, that would be dead time stories, mm. all one word with a Z at gmail.com. Right. So email in your favorite stories because I'm... I don't have time. She's not going there. Right. I'm not I going don't there. have time. I'm I, a librarian. <laughs> I just do the research. Right. Right. I can show Even though you say that and your shit is banging. Well, you're, I love you. Thank oh you. God, oh, my gosh. Love kills me. It's so just for the fans. Like, it's. <laughs> <laughs> um, did I tell you that some of the classes I want? I have saved on Skillshare are all about building a brand. Of course. Of course. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So let's get into the history of the paranormal in Utah. Yeah. Girl, okay. where do we get started Ooh. with the history of the paranormal in Utah? You're about to 1776. tell me. 1776. Okay. That's where we get started. That's when America started. It was. That's beautiful. So there were some Spanish uh, settlers who finally made it all the way out into Utah. Conquistadores. I know, right? And they ran into the Navajo and Ute Native American tribes. Woof. And guess what the Spanish decided to bring them? Murder, slave trade. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, close. So the not, yeah. I mean, it ended in murder, but um, yeah. So the Navajo and the Ute tribes were both occupying the same area, and there was a lot of contention between them from an early time, and so they started stealing tribe members from the other tribe to sell the into slavery. So right away off the bat, we're starting out with some land yeah, that has a little bit and of slavery. Right, I know it's the white guys. It's true. The, the white, white guys, guys are like, you know, it's a great idea. Slaves, slaves. Oh, God, white people. I know. I, <sighs> anyway, so um, the name Skinwalker actually comes from a Navajo legend. And that's what I thought when you first said Skinwalker. Mm-hmm. I was like, it sounds fucked up, but I also think that that's a thing from. Yeah. American folklore. Yeah. So it's it's Navajo tribe, as far as I can tell. And it's not a lot is known about it because they don't tell outsiders about the skinwalker. Fair it's enough. something that's like really I don't know if it's because it's important or if it's because it's like shameful. I don't know. Um, but basically it's like a witch werewolf hybrid. So okay. it's a witch member of the Navajo tribe that did something awful to be able to change form into an animal. 
Okay. So I remember in True Blood. I was, that is exactly yeah. what I was thinking about. I was like, I remember on True Blood, there were shapeshifters, and shapeshifters could only turn into animals, but if they killed, killed someone, someone. A family member. Not a family, but another. Another shapeshifter. Another shapeshifter. Yes. She just happened to, like, her, didn't her mom die when yeah, she was yeah, being yeah, born? Yeah. yeah. Right. And so she was able. So, so if she you can kill shift another into shapeshifter, you can also shift into being mm-hmm. people. Right. So this isn't that. Not exactly. Right. But, like, I think a lot of the inspiration came probably yeah, from. Yeah, drew a weird inspiration from all everywhere. over the place. It was just everywhere. Freaking everywhere. Okay, so anyway, so that's exactly what two? I thought What? Of. Oh, but that was so good. It was good. That, oh Rewatching it, that was a really good some, season. I, some things on that show really work, and mm-hmm. then some things later did, really didn't work. Eggs could really work me. That's all I'm saying. Oh, he eggs. could work me inside, outside, upside down. Remember Doesn't eggs? matter. Oh, my God. Oh. Fine, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so they were these witches who killed a member of their family, supposedly, to be able to turn into an animal. Okay. Okay. And so this 500-acre plot of land is said on its north side to run across the trail of the Skinwalker. And so what that basically means is people assume that the universe, I suppose, reality is just thinner here. Ugh. Okay, so <laughs> okay. Frank Salisbury. I can't be like chills. I know. So Frank Salisbury and Junior Hicks wrote a book called The Utah UFO Display in the 1970s. And they found over 400 stories that had no explanation. They threw out the stories that they could explain by like, oh, okay, this was this, this was that, this was the other. 400 stories going back 50 years with no explanation. All extremely paranormal. Woof. But what really got into the story was the family that moved to the Skinwalker Ranch in the 90s. So this family was covered by a different book called The Hunt for the Skinwalker. And that is also the name of a documentary that was made about this whole thing up until 2018. And it is on Hulu. So if you're into this... Check that out. But there are graphic images of cattle mutilations. Just saying. Okay. Just Thanks saying. The warning. You got it. Content warning. So the Gorman family, this is their pseudonym that was published in this book. Okay. Um, when they first moved to the ranch, it was called Sherman Ranch then. Um, sure. Right. Sure, man. Sure, right. Yeah. So uh, the Gormans <laughs> moved into the Sherman Ranch in the 1990s. And even from the get-go, it was kind of weird. Oh, oh I'm sure. <clears throat> Immediately, they were like, this place is fucking uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Immediately, mm-hmm. I believe. Of course. Especially for four, like, Mormons out in Utah who just want to be cattle desert. people. Yeah, exactly. No, that's like that. Exactly. So the first thing that was weird was when they bought the land, part of their agreement was that they had to call the previous owner's brother because the previous owners had died to approve any digging on the land okay and so the brother said like oh it's because we have the oil rights like we have the mineral rights they have to call us if they dig but that's not exactly the wording from the contract sure it was you have to let us know before you dig yeah um the second thing once they got into the homestead is that all of the cabinets in the kitchen had bar locks on the outside. All of them. 
I'm making a face. You can't see it. Yeah. This is a podcast. So that true facts. Um, but I was like, I am reacting. It's just yeah. not vocal. Yeah. So all of the cabinets had the bolt locks on the outside. Okay. Which is something like no cabinets come with that on yeah, the those outside. Are inst- like, you did you, that. You did that. Um, the previous people who lived there, they did not tell anyone officially any sort of stories of the paranormal, but they were also said to be really private, quiet people. So who knows? But they definitely put bolt locks on all of their cabinets in the kitchen for good reason. But it wasn't until a few days after they moved in that the biggest paranormal thing to date happened uh, to them. So this was more than just, huh, the people were weird who lived here. This was a wolf the size of a car that walked out to meet the father and his son as they were looking after the cows, appeared to be tame. They petted him. No, no. They petted him and assumed he was a pet of someone else and tried to shoo him off the land. Get out. And he attacked one of their cows on the way out. no shit. And so they shot at him with a shotgun and nothing happened. They weren't silver bullets. Oh my gosh. Well, once they finally took the family to look at pictures of wolves, they said it was, it looked the most like a dire wolf, which is a giant, huge wolf that has been extinct. Right. It's like a regular wolf, but, but huge. it's dire. But it's dire. <laughs> So this was all within the first week of moving there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, The rest of the things that happened while they were there and continue to happen today, to me, fall under two categories. There's poltergeist activity and then there's potential alien activity. Okay. And I don't know if they're connected. Take me there. I I want to go. I'm interested in this. I'm down with the cult so so far. The poltergeist. Yes. Um, Fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Regular poltergeisty things. Kind of. Kind of explains the locks on the cabinets because one of the regular right, things they're like stop opening the fucking cabinets. Stop you opening shit. the cabinets. Well, also when they would ghosts can't work locks. I know, it's right? It's a fact. Everybody they knows can't that. do it. Um, well, anyway, so when the mom would have put up a whole week's worth of groceries, she'd come back to the kitchen and they'd be sitting on the table. Um, re- like ingredients would go missing and wind up in the oven. Or the freezer. Like, things would just be misplaced. And for the husband, his pole digger went missing. I know, post hole digger. I know, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It went missing and showed up 20 feet in the air in the tree branches. Somebody got drunk and threw it up there. <laughs> right. A lot of poltergeist <laughs> activity could be drunk man activity. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I mean, drunk baby activity. For sure. For, food, for sure. For sure. For sure. things. So that's sort of like the most fun stuff that happens there. Here we go. Um, When we get Fuck into the potential alien activity, we're talking about Probes. ships. Like, they call them Mexican hats. UFOs. <laughs> they mean sombrero. I don't I know why sombrero isn't the term, but they call it Mexican hat. I wonder if it's just because sombrero is just Spanish for hat. 
Sombrero just means hat. It doesn't right. mean that style of hat. Oh, okay. It just means hat. Then that could be it. So I wonder if that's why they were like, but Mexican a Mexican hat, hat as opposed could to like be... a cowboy hat. Right. But I mean, it's colloquial English to call it a sombrero. But, right. you know, maybe that's, you know, cultural. So um, there was like also blah, blah, blah. a refrigerator type object made out of metal with a headlight. What's a refrigerator type object? It was shaped and looked like a refrigerator, like a big box. Okay. And it glided across the field and then hopped over a fence. <laughs> What? And when it got to the tree line past the fence, it just levitated up over it. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. And there are pictures of UFOs and stuff like that now. Like, there are pictures of shit in the sky there. Um, It's it's really they the most... nothing to do with us. Oh, God. Anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah. And so... The most upsetting thing. Well, did I say there were orbs? Because there were lots of like, oh, you know, Sarah feels shiny about orbs. orbs, flying orbs, whatever, Sarah's color like, changing oh, orbs. Shit. Yeah. Um, no, what really got to me were the um, portals. The stories about the portals. So uh, from the homestead on skinwalker ranch the father one day looked into the sky and saw a fire in the sky at night and this fire. is actually is yeah it? fire, fire in the sky, in the sky. Oh. Dun, 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 oh that's dun, dun. yeah smoke yeah. on the water yeah, yeah 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 uh so that's pretty common in utah like a lot of the smoke sightings. on the water <laughs> well i mean maybe <laughs> but uh the fire in the sky okay. um so a lot of the sightings from the first ufo book from the 70s a lot of those were fire in the sky kind of sightings um but this one was a little different because instead of just seeing fire he actually could look into it and see daylight on the other side Okay. So through the portal, it was night where he was, but through the portal, he was seeing a sky in daylight. Okay. And he noticed that it was completely two dimensional. So when he moved, (laughs) when he got into his car and moved, he could no longer see through it. The only place where he could see through the portal was from his front step. Where he could see straight Where out. he could yeah, see straight, straight it. into it. Okay. Um, the other portal story that came from the documentary is even crazier. Uh, one person was wearing a type of, I don't think it was night vision goggles. Maybe it was like heat vision or something like that. But one person had the goggles and one person didn't. And the person who didn't saw the fire in the sky, just like the one who did. But the one who had the goggles saw a humanoid creature crawling out no. of the portal. Fuck all of that. Pulled itself out of the portal, landed, and then ran. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck all of that. No. So, so much research has been done here because in the mid-90s, the owners were like, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Like, we're just cattle people. We don't want to deal with this bullshit. <laughs> we're just cattle people. <laughs> like, we, we're we farmers. We don't want to do this. I am but a simple cattle people. <laughs> So um, they published a short story in a local newspaper, and a gentleman named Bob Bigelow happened to read mm, that. Juicy. That's a juicy name. I know, right? Bobby B. 
Bobby B. Bobby I mean, Big. Biggie Bob. Biggie Bob. Biggie right? Bob, Mr. Biggs. Whoever. Ooh, um, Mr. Biggs. Right? So Big he made his fortune at the Budget Inn and Suites. I know, right? <laughs> I love him. Stories. And he funded a ton of paranormal research. So when he read this, he was like, got I'm him. on it. Let's do got it. Him. Got him. So he bought the ranch, gave them money to buy another ranch, and bought a lot of cow, like a lot of cattle off of them. A yeah. lot of, yeah, a lot of cows. So um, he's like, give me them cows, Give bitch. me them cows. And a few of them Anguses. We got to have some of the, like, bait. To get the UFOs to come and get us. Everybody knows. Yeah, they love so, to probe people and cows. I mean, they set up dog runs. They set up cameras. They set up lookouts. They set up all sorts of shit. And the craziest part of everything that they saw and happened was that each experience was pretty unique. It was never completely replicated again. So something would happen and they would set up all of the cameras to get another look at it if it would happen again. And it would happen just to the left. And they're like, fuck, why do we set up all these goddamn cameras here? Yeah. So, I mean, it seems the skeptic in me is like, yeah, right. You know, but there's a lot of people who say that they've seen a lot of weird shit. And I mean, Sasquatch. Predator type creatures, like the predator from the movies. The very same. The very same. Like dire wolves, like all of this shit. Like but they're, they're saying <laughs> they're they're just stories after stories after stories about all of this shit. And um tons of tons of cattle mutilation where there was no blood left. No blood left anywhere, but a calf completely down to the bones, like vivisected up the middle just bones left Mm. (laughs) just bones just bones no skin no flesh no organs nothing no blood and they had been in that field 40 minutes earlier no blood yeah so um the u.s government started getting in on some of the research just to see if any of it would be like a threat to national security or anything like that. Turns out, no. Nah, like, no. Nah. They're chill. Yeah. Um, so finally, uh, Bobby Biggs uh, sold, sold the ranch again. Bobby. Um, and he sold the ranch to a mysterious organization that is not identified. And what? the person who purchased it is anonymous and will not reveal his identity for fear of it interfering in some other business that he does that's not paranormal related. So in the Hunt for the Skinwalker documentary, he is interviewed (laughs) sitting in a weird bedroom with like two twin beds with nothing on the mattresses at all and a little side table between them. And he's just sitting on top of the side table and the view is from his chin to like his knees. What? And that's how he's interviewed and his voice is disguised. Because he doesn't want you to know. Because he doesn't want you to know who he is. And I looked it up online because who the Gorman family was, like you can actually find out who they were if you look online. Sure. If you watch the documentary, they slip a few times and mention their real names. Um, but this fucker, I have no idea who he is at all. I don't know why he bought it at all, but he continues to do research there. And they're oh, still, they're still getting sightings and everything all the time. That's why he bought it's it. It's constant down there. So it is syphilitic with activity. Oh my God. You got it. You totally got it. So if you have heard all of this before and you're like, oh my God, you didn't tell my favorite story. 
write to deadtimestories at gmail.com because there are a lot of really fucking good stories. We want to know your favorite stories from exactly. there. Exactly. So, future podcast. Like you give them homework. I mean. That's cute. Yeah. So that's what I got. That's what I brought. I'll take it. Thanks. I appreciate it. I mean, you did a great job, too. I like. it. Oh, thanks. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Christina will be with us for the next episode as well next week. So just, you know, stick around. I hope you enjoy listening to our lovely friend. She Mm -hmm. is delightful and does great research, and I'm always excited (laughs) to have her. And then we will have Sarah back later in the month. Yay! If you are looking for where to support us outside of here, mm-hmm. of course, uh, Christina's Instagram is going to be Kstina, mm-hmm. S-T-I-N-A. Five. Five on Instagram. We're Dead Time Stories. Mm-hmm. All one word with a G. With a G. With no, a Z. With a Z. And our email address is deadtimestories mm-hmm. at gmail.com. That's where I was going That's with that. Right. I got you. If you want to support our podcast, of course, the best way that you can do that is by subscribing to our Patreon. We give them your money. Give us your money. Uh, and we have three separate tiers, $1, $5, and $15. $1 gets you access to our Patreon exclusive Facebook group, mm-hmm. which I it's my it's one of my favorite parts of going on Facebook it's now. It's the to only be quite reason I go on Facebook. Where me, it's uh, it's private, so it's mm-hmm. only available to our Patreon subscribers. We have Christina there. We have a good friend Caitlin. We have Colleen, um, Colleen is, is on there. Active. Me and Val Sarah obviously. Loves it. Val is really great on there. Yeah. My sister is on there. Yeah. Um, but people that you hear about on the show and who you mm-hmm. hear on the show, Mary Angela, most they're all in there. They're, yeah. And we all have a good time. Mm-hmm. And five dollars gets you bonus content every month we do Mm -hmm. I Saint It (laughs) where I describe a horror movie to Sarah that she's never seen Mm -hmm. that usually comes out around the middle of the month sometimes it floats it just depends on what's going on but it comes out and at $15 a month you get to join the Faint Flatulence Collection where every month I send you a handcrafted hand captured ghost fart straight to your door as well as a little piece of parchment that tells you a little bit about the ghost whose fart you have just received (laughs) Yeah. If you uh, don't have money, of course, the other ways that you can support us are by writing us reviews on five star, five yes, star, five, five star, star, you little shit. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't like mean, it, I didn't damn mean it. That. Five stars, preferably on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Facebook, anywhere that you find us or anywhere that you listen to podcasts or review podcasts. Please mm-hmm. do that. Tell your friends, subscribe, tell your friends to subscribe, mm-hmm. do all of those things. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's um, about it. I've got my show, The Lizard of Oz, coming up in February. It's not the first weekend because the first weekend is tech. It's the second two weekends. This Mm. is written by and directed by the lovely Eric Jaffe. And also Lily St. Queer is the other person who does shows with them. Okay. Um, They're both delightful. But this show will be the 7th, 8th, and 9th. And the 14th, 15th, and 16th of February at the Painted Bride here in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And Eric um, had a one-person show for many, many years. He just, uh, they just wrapped that up. And they have, this is their fir- third big musical parody. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did um, Thweeney Todd. That mm-hmm. was their first one. Their last one, which was very successful, which was Gayness. Great name. Mm-hmm. And this one is The Lizard of Oz. So it is basically like a spoof mashup of the first act is Wicked and the second act is a mashup of uh, The Wizard of Oz and The Wiz. 
So it's going to be delightful. If you like Philly, if you like comedy, if you like drag, or if you just like me, that's mm-hmm. nice too. Mm-hmm. You should come see it. But first and foremost, you should support our show. Yeah. And join that Facebook group because we'll probably get like a group together. Well, to go first see. you got to join Patreon because people well, yeah. have been requesting to join the group. Oh, and I'm no. like, who the fuck are you? That's what the dollar's for. No, that's yeah. the dollar make me holler. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you got to sign up on that Patreon, give us that mummuns, and then we'll welcome you to the group. Right. And then we all plan to go together to watch things and we have we a blast. We do. That happens sometimes. Yeah. There was another thing we we're talking about doing lately. But yeah, we've got plans in the works and things are happening. So thank you so much for listening. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Stina. And this has been Dead Time Stories. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 